In 2012, a collective of notable people gathered together, writers, scientists, artists, and achievers. One of the writers increasingly started to feel like he didn't deserve to be among the crowd of exemplaries. He was certain that at any moment, these impressive people would realize that he didn't belong there, that he wasn't qualified to be in their company. One night while enjoying the musical entertainment, the writer happened upon an elderly man and the two struck up a wide ranging conversation. One topic that they discussed was their shared first name and how a Google search for their name would direct traffic to the writer. As the conversation continued, the elderly man pointed to the crowd of people enjoying the music and said that he wasn't sure what he was doing here among all these amazing people, that he had only traveled somewhere and everyone else had created amazing things. This was a moment of enlightenment for the writer because if this elderly man felt as if he didn't belong despite his amazing accomplishment, then maybe nobody felt like they belonged. Maybe everyone felt like they were out of their depth and were doing the best they could. This realization brought the writer a great deal of comfort because he realized that if this other gentleman also felt like he was an imposter, then maybe the writer wasn't actually an imposter himself. Maybe this feeling was something that was more common than he realized. As it turns out, the elderly man was Neil Armstrong, the first man on the moon. And the author, who has won numerous awards for his stories American Gods, Good Omens, Sandman, Stardust, and Coraline, among others, was Neil Gaiman. The story of the two Neils illustrates an experience known as imposter phenomenon, the topic of today's conversation. Let's think significantly. Hello, and thank you to everyone listening. My name is Pete, and joining me as always is my co-host, and virtuoso of all things verbiage, Melissa. Hi, everybody. Hey, Pete. Glad to be with you talking about this. Our month hiatus was too long for me. <laughs> and uh, I think it's interesting that we're kicking off with this one because I'm going to tell you sometimes I go, wait, I have a podcast? <laughs> what? Should I have a podcast? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, but I don't, I definitely don't feel qualified to talk about some of the things we talk about. So do you want to talk about what we're going to be talking about this month? Because I thought <laughs> yes, it was a novel. Yeah. Okay. So, so in this month's theme, which we have affectionately dubbed, that's how they get you. <laughs> we wanted to tackle things that are often outside of our control and are largely influenced by what other people say or think or what we believe they say or think and how these things end up affecting our lives. But what's interesting about these things is, is that they tend to just live in our head. I don't know if they're actually true. Well, but, but being in our heads doesn't make them any less real. True. Absolutely. Agreed. Yes. And, and we, uh, as we'd like to do on this podcast, we are here to sort of work through this kind of mess, dissect it, and, and hopefully take the sting out of these things that we've all come to believe is reality. And today, as Pete said, we are starting off with imposter phenomenon. And as is our practice, right, and, and our longtime listeners know this, I'm going to start off with a definition. Uh, imposter phenomenon is best described as someone feeling like they don't deserve their position or success. And at any minute, they're going to be discovered as a fraud and exposed. And some of the most common presentations of imposter phenomenon include 
having tendencies toward perfectionism, which leads to one being overly critical of their own work, or like a tendency to overwork themselves as they try to use quantity to make up for feeling like inferior in the quality sense of things. Right. And setting impossibly high standards and being devastated when they don't meet them. Mm -hmm. Uh, They have a tendency to not ask for help for fear of being seen as incompetent. Um, and, And they're never satisfied with their level of expertise. What's going on here is that people are failing to internalize their success because they, they simply cannot believe that they themselves are the reason that they're successful. So instead what they do is they assign the reason for their success to some external force. Right. The, these are the people that think the only reason they're successful at something is because of the, the, the oversized effort they're putting in to prepare. It, it may be true that the extreme prep was helpful, but it probably wasn't the determining factor of success. They can also assign their fortune to the supernatural. Um, they can assign their, their success to luck or, or the blessings of their deity. Right. It's that lucky rabbit's foot I had, not just that I studied for three days straight. That's exactly. right. Yeah. Basically, they, they will look for pretty much any excuse to keep from believing that it is their talent and ability that has earned them their position or their success or, or whatever it be. That's right. That's right. They're constantly deflecting. Yes. And, and this falls into that bucket of, of what we think others think of us. And, and to be clear, imposter phenomenon is a collection of feelings of inadequacy. These, these thoughts and behaviors persist despite positive performance reviews, academic degrees, uh, and promotions that, that prove that you're capable and competent. Yeah, it is absolutely what we think others are thinking about us. Mm-hmm. Super meta, really, right? Yeah, yeah. About what people think and and when more powerful really than one might think yeah you know we talked about a similarly rooted influence way back in episode 107 look at me oh my goodness <laughs> when we discussed pluralistic ignorance and how what we thought others expected of us had a profound effect on our behavior look at you with the callback i, I, I had to be I'm prepared so, i'm so proud and that, but that's a great, that's a great uh, reference because that's, it's pretty, it's, it's very much the same thing, mm-hmm. right? Um, where we're, where we're assuming what others are thinking of us and, and we're very bad at that. It turns out. Turns out. Yeah. So uh, imposter phenomenon. This was yeah. named by psychologists, doctors, uh, Suzanne Iams and Pauline Rose Clance in the 1970s. Mm-hmm. Uh, initially, It was believed that this was a phenomenon that only affected high-achieving women, but more recent research has documented these feelings of inadequacy in both men and women in many professional settings and among multiple ethnic and racial groups. Yeah, so Clance uh, experienced this imposter phenomenon in graduate school. She would take an examination, be very afraid that she had failed. And she assumed that, oh, you know, my fears are because of my educational background leading up to this. I'm just not, you know, of the same caliber. And then she went on to teach at a prominent liberal arts college with an excellent academic reputation. And she had students coming to her for counseling and they had test scores, grades, recommendations. And one of them said, you know, I feel like an imposter here with all these really bright people. So Clance reaches out to Suzanne Imes, a fellow former grad student friend of hers to discuss this. And they coined the term imposter phenomenon. And as all good researchers do, 
they wrote a paper about it. <laughs> that is that is what all good researchers do. And and, and, while, and while this is an old study, it has just exploded relatively recently, both in both in the peer-reviewed literature, which are which are actual scientific studies, mm-hmm. and in the lay literature. Uh, just in the last eight years, there are over 60 peer-reviewed studies. So that that reminds me of something that I want to make sure that I brought up. So uh, this goes by a lot of different names. Imposter phenomenon, fraud syndrome, perceived fraudulence, mm-hmm. uh, imposter experience, imposter syndrome. Um, but there's a, there's a little bit of caveat to that. So I'm glad that you differentiated between peer-reviewed research and lay literature. I will tell mm-hmm. you that academics... As you know, you already know, Pete, um, they prefer the term imposter phenomenon, right. why we're using it. And yeah. lay authors usually use imposter syndrome. Like you're going to read about it in Cosmopolitan magazine as imposter syndrome. <laughs> but on ResearchGate, it's- Cosmo's be- got all the best articles. Right? Exactly. Yeah. 10 ways not to be a fraud. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and what what is interesting, because I did do, you know, as I sometimes go down rabbit holes in preparation for an episode- mm-hmm. um, in some of that research that's just kind of come to light most recently, I found that like the actual published literature includes no studies of interventions to treat imposter phenomenon, but like the lay literature, the folks who really don't know what's going on. Oh, it abounds with advice on how to manage imposter symptoms. So just think was oozing with it. Yeah. That sounds like, uh, sounds like a lot of Dunning Kruger going on there. There's a lot of, a lot of publications that are climbing Mount Stupid right now, it sounds like. There you go. Exactly. And, you know, it's important to note, though, that that imposter phenomenon is, is not a recognized clinical disorder, mm-hmm. right? It, it's not featured in the American Psychiatric Association's Diagnostic and Statistical Manual, otherwise known as the DSM, commonly referred to as the DSM. Mm-hmm. Um, it is not listed as a diagnosis in the International Classification of Diseases. And while there are legit reasons for that, you know, actual criteria that get something into those resources. When you lack a concrete diagnosis, you also lack the best practices for addressing and treating imposter phenomenon, as you just mentioned. And because of that, we also then don't have the ability to like tally up the professional and personal performance effects. Because It's hard to get your arms around something that really isn't... Isn't studied extensively, right? Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And as we have said, imposter phenomenon can affect anyone. And, and I want to expound on that a little. Half of the more recent studies that e- evaluated the gender effect found no difference in the rates of men and women suffering from imposter phenomenon. And as far as age goes, the studies that we unearth are basically divided on whether or not we outgrow imposter phenomenon. Half of the studies conducted that reported on age effects found that imposter symptoms decline with age, but half did not. And as you already noted, it does occur across all racial and ethnic groups too. So it is an equal opportunity offender. Correct. And, and, but, and there's a little nuance there. Okay. Um, numerous studies have found imposter phenomenon to be prevalent among ethnic minorities. And, and, and this is particularly significant given that research on ethnic minority populations tends to focus on their group minority status and presumed experience of discrimination rather and on their individual differences within that minority group, such as imposter phenomena. Ah, I see. It's like a little sleight of hand, like a look over there sort of thing. Like we're, we're just making assumptions, really. Right. So, right. Yeah. Like we are just like, oh, the reason they feel like this is because. They're, right. 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 Because of their group experience, not 
their individual experience. Looking at a group of people rather than the people in a group. Yes, precisely. That's brilliant. Yes. Um, so aside from the, the usual demographics, there are some things that make us more prone to imposter phenomenon. They include our upbringing, um, a new work position or opportunity, uh, or, or having specific personality traits, some of which we will reveal for you now. <laughs> Take it away, Melissa. <laughs> well, the one that comes to mind, because uh, perhaps, I don't know, perhaps I saw myself in this. I was like, I was like, high achievers who are highly sensitive seem to be highly prone to this. And I was like, yeah, don't say. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's that. Um, but that's just like my generic one that I, I had at the top of my notes here. But, but I think that's important to, I think it's important to highlight that you're going to find that uh, on this list of, of traits are, are, you're going to find achievers, mm-hmm. right? Top to bottom, you're going to find achievers because that's, that's how you get to feel like an imposter is you have to have some measure of success. Mm-hmm. Good point. And uh, so imposter phenomenon manifests slightly differently person to person. However, there are some predictable patterns, as we mentioned at the beginning of the episode. We want to drill down into some of these because once you identify these patterns, you can work to disable them. Right. We are here to help ourselves and you. <laughs> You have no idea how much we're trying to help ourselves. You have no idea. <laughs> That's the whole reason we have this podcast. <laughs> like, what's uh, bothering you this week, Pete? Credential creep? Oh, yeah. okay. It's yeah. funny. It's funny because it's true. It's yes. So <laughs> we're here to to help everyone reframe and recalibrate. That's the goal. Yes. Right. Right. So the first the first pattern I want to bring up, if it's okay with you, is yeah, yeah. I was about to say, why don't you why don't you start with the first one? Yeah, yeah. The first one I want to bring up is uh perfectionism. Right, people with imposter phenomenon tend to have unreasonably high expectations of themselves. So this is what it looks like. This is when people are putting pressure on themselves to be the expert. Um, when people assume that they have to know everything about your role or your industry, or or be the subject matter expert before you even offer up an idea in a meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also expecting yourself to get something right on the very first try, even if you've never done it before. Right, right. And, and if you make a mistake or fail, it leads to shame and a feeling of fraudulence as if you're not cut out to do your job. And this expectation to be good at something right out of the gate is the opposite of the continuous learning mindset that we've discussed in several episodes previously. Right, absolutely. It is that uh, like refining, polishing, overthinking things to an extreme. Like you may spend weeks, for instance, perfecting a deliverable out of fear that it won't be just right. Yeah, and, and all that work that you're putting in proves to yourself that you have no idea what you're doing. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yes. yes that's exactly what it is. So let's talk about my other favorite one, uh, the other P, procrastination. That's my, my personal plague to be, you know, to be alliterative there. This is where you avoid participating in or completing something because doing so may expose your incompetence. And this is what it looks like, waiting to the last minute to finish a project. And then attributing any negative feedback to your lack of preparation. Right. What procrastination gives someone with imposter phenomenon is something they can point to in order to explain their lackluster performance and shield themselves from being, quote unquote, found out. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's like this go-to justification for what they are sure is going to be a disappointing result. Like, oh, well, if only I'd started sooner, it would have been better. 
Right. That's absolutely correct. And, and yet when they are successful, despite the limited time they've allowed themselves to work on it, they won't take any credit for their ability, passing it off as luck or divine intervention. Yes. It's that, it's that lucky rabbit's foot again, right? It is. Yeah. No. It comes in handy. Right. Yeah. There you go. Unless you're the rabbit, of course. Right. Well, yeah, it didn't work for him or her. No. Right. Right. Um, so another way that uh, these folks undermine themselves uh, is by lying very low, like under the radar and avoiding mm-hmm. new opportunities, challenges or responsibilities because oh, they think, oh, I'm not ready. I'm not good enough. I wouldn't be able to handle that. At, right. As opposed to all those other folks who the imposter assesses to be ready, good enough and able to handle it. Yes. And, and while feeling like an imposter can lead you to undermine yourself and hold back, it can also unfortunately go in the other direction and cause you to overcompensate for your insecurities. Sure, sure. And that would result in, in you pursuing further training, degrees, or certifications because you don't think you're knowledgeable enough. You might actually take on more work than you can handle out of a desire to prove yourself. Or you could try to fix everyone's problems in an effort to seem useful and valuable. I'm starting to feel like this is getting very personal. <laughs> <laughs> well, I felt that way all through procrastination. So uh, it's your turn. Someone on our 12th year of college. Yes. <laughs> um, well, this leads me to my favorite, which is actually people pleasing. Yet another fun imposter phenomenon pattern. Yes. Yeah. Yep. People pleasing is when you have a a strong desire for approval from others and have low regard for yourself because you're, wait for it, thinking and acting in ways that compromise your core values. This always floors me, right? Like we, I know we've talked about this outside of the the recording of this, but it just is such a kick in the crotch, right? (laughs) (laughs) Like you're going against your core values. It it really is, yeah. Oh my gosh. So this is what it looks like. You're like, passively agreeing with others, you're holding back, you're changing your opinion to be likable and avoid being exposed. You're obsessing over external validation, like positive performance reviews, awards, even your title, like what's on that placard outside your your office. Mm -hmm. Saying yes, never setting boundaries. Yes. Right. And that's, that's all because if you, you know, if you think people like you, they're less likely to scrutinize you, I, I, I believe. Right. So a component of imposter phenomenon that I don't think is talked about enough is just how much it causes people to rely on comparing and evaluating themselves to the people around. Oh, yes. Have we mentioned that imposter phenomenon keeps you glued to other people's highlight reels? You imagine, right, that everyone else is more successful and put together than you are. Yeah, it's very much. I mean, just thinking as you said that just now, it makes me feel like it's it's. it's like social media before there was social media, mm-hmm. right? And, and comparison, it also involves uh, something referred to as depressed entitlement, mm-hmm. where you think that you're a lower status than these other people you're comparing yourself to, and therefore less deserving or even unworthy of success. And, and this often gets coupled with a fear of failure and high rejection sensitivity, as you, as you said earlier, highly sensitive people, mm-hmm. uh, wherein you worry about the judgment of others And that leaves you obsessing over your weaknesses instead of appreciating your strengths. You know, what just occurred to me as I was thinking back over the the way this presents itself, I I was thinking that like many of these that we highlighted are really, 
for lack of a better term, like opposites in the extreme. Opposites in the extreme. I'm sorry, I'm gonna have to expound. No, no I'm, I'm I'm intrigued by this. What do you mean? It's um, it's the alt version of Islands in the Stream. <laughs> Dolly Parton and, and no, Kenny just, Rogers. Yeah, yeah, that was a great song. Yes, that's um. Oftentimes, when I go to karaoke, karaoke, I just sing opposites in the extreme. Uh, no, uh, sorry. We got something going <laughs> on. Sorry, so, people. If you, if you, yes, this is why we do a podcast, <laughs> Christmas album. But, but if you think about it, right, perfectionism causes people to work endlessly on something, while procrastination makes people avoid starting until they absolutely must. Oh wow! You know, I've never, I've never considered that, but I, I can totally see what you're saying. So I, I can make a similar comparison with avoiding new opportunities and trying to take on all the things. It's like mm-hmm. putting in the appropriate amount of effort would destroy their internal narrative. Wow! Wow! I've never, I've never considered that. You know, and I'd be curious to know now that you're talking about this. You know, you we've talked about how there's there's uh, a dearth of studies on on imposter phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I would love to know if if people if, if we get to the point where we can classify people with imposter phenomenon um, as as being one way or the other, like like whether they're industrious imposters, and I'm using air quotes for that, um, mm-hmm. or, or, or mm-hmm. oh, go ahead, or or like immobilized imposters, maybe. Yes, yes. I'm like frozen. Yeah. I, I appreciate you keeping with the alliterative theme. I, I know how you <laughs> Yes, and you're so easy to please. <laughs> Bring three oh, words together that start with oh. A. And he's like, right. Oh, it gives me such a tickle. It's not even, it's not even right. <laughs> okay. So I don't know where this discussion is taking any of you out there listening. But something that I want to reflect on is that individuals experiencing imposter phenomenon often perceive themselves, ourselves, to be to be the only one that is feeling this way. Okay, and hopefully in going over some of these behaviors, these these responses, you realize that that you are not alone. Or or maybe you're like me, who like when we kicked this off, I didn't really, I was like, oh, I don't suffer from this. <laughs> like only to like yeah. see myself back in almost like a mirror. Yes. Yeah. Um, but the bottom line is you're definitely not alone. Whether you're suffering from imposter phenomenon or not, you you are not alone. You are not alone. No. Absolutely not. It's, it's very, very prevalent. Um, And in fact, there's a there's a Clance imposter phenomenon scale, Mm -hmm. which uh, can help you see how you compare to others, uh, but but in a in a scientifically grounded way. Right. I mean, it's developed by Clance herself who came up with this daggone thing, right? Right. Right. So going right to the source. Exactly. We're at the well, folks. Drink from it. Yeah. So for all your researchers out there, um, I know that I read lots of things about how this measurement instrument has good reliability and high validity. So uh, if you want to take it, I mean, it can give you a, a really accurate sort of bead on where you rest on the continuum. Yeah. And, and I know that you definitely wanted to go over some of the, for lack of a better word, positives of having contend with the imposter phenomenon. Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about the the flip side of this because it, there it's not all bad. It actually isn't. It just feels like you're dying sometime, but you're not. You're not. So right. number one, here's my favorite. If you experience imposter phenomenon, congratulations. You are not a narcissist. You can cross that <laughs> off your list. <laughs> that's it's very that's very true. It's very true. They tend to be uh, pretty full of themselves. 
and, and, you know, as, as I pointed out earlier, it also means you've had to have some level of success mm-hmm. or else you wouldn't feel like a fraud. Yes. And, and as Mike uh, Cannon Brooks describes in his TED talk on imposter syndrome, even the most successful people feel this, which, which again, makes sense. No matter how much we have accomplished or know, we can still feel completely out of our depth. It's a good thing. It means we didn't stay in our comfort zone or become complacent. Absolutely. You could just Google even like famous people, uh, imposter phenomenon, imposter syndrome, or, and you'll put the litany of folks. Yeah. Or, or look at our social media because I, I believe we listed some in one of our uh, posts around this episode. There you go. So to a certain degree, these feelings can definitely be beneficial and, and can actually help fuel a work ethic that will lead to success because you should always be willing to try something that you suck at. Or, or take that <laughs> work. I, I think there was, didn't we use one of our photos for like a previous episode, one of our social photos? It was like yeah. big enough to suck at something new. Yeah. I mean, that was a, uh, there's a whole topic of an episode. That was yeah. You know, Jeff yeah. Tweedy wants us to suck at something. That's right. And you should. Yeah. You should. yeah. And, and just because imposter phenomenon is a thing doesn't mean we have to be a slave to it, right? We need to learn to embrace this. I am a fraud feeling. Mm-hmm. right? It's, it's a normal response. And it's, and it's even more normal if you just started a new job or took on a new project or a new challenge. And, and I understand this is harder than us just saying it, right? I, I know, I know, especially I know for myself, the minute I start thinking about like, oh my God, now I have to suppress my fear. Now it has like this chokehold on me, right? It's like, don't mm-hmm. think about the pink elephant. Uh, well, right. elephant, hello. Yeah. But you know, there have been times that I've just been like, Hello, darkness, my old friend. (laughs) Like, I've just kind of shifted my mindset. Like, I'm like, oh, and I'm starting a new job tomorrow, and I'm not going to know what the crap is going on. And, you know, it's going to be okay. Like, this is just part of it. It's just Yes, yes. Dance with those demons. Yes. Yes, which brings me to framing. So instead of being like, oh, what fuckery am I getting today? I hope you don't have to bleep that. Anyway, uh, there you go. uh, or maybe you do. I don't no, know. No, no, this is it's for adults. We're good. <laughs> I don't know what our protocol is on <laughs> being a potty mouth, but but yeah, instead of being like, oh, what am I going to encounter today? You know, maybe frame it as, hey, what am I going to learn today? Yeah, especially if you're within those first few weeks of a new job or a new challenge, you're in ramp up mode at that point, mm-hmm. right? Nobody's expecting much out of you beyond being able to find your new office or or having the code to the bathrooms and picking up the work culture. So. So use that time to shore up the areas that you're feeling anxious about. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and next, I was going to say this, this one, this is actually like, this is like part framing and part measuring success and small gains. Okay. In, instead of having this constant inner dialogue assessing, how am I doing at this new job? Ask yourself a different question. What have I learned this past week? Or how much more have I learned in this last week or this last month? Take the time to appreciate that you did better today than you would have a month ago. You're right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Those incremental gains. We've talked about that before. Mm-hmm. And the next thing I would offer is talk it out. Right. It's this is why it's so important to have a tribe or a mentor or someone that you can confide in where you can go, because sometimes just just talking things out, right? Putting them into words, speaking them into existence and sharing them with a trusted colleague really goes a long way to take the power out of the negative self-talk loop. Absolutely. And, and you know what else helps too is being a mentor. Mm-hmm. 
So you can, you know, you can always like talk up, talk sideways or talk down. So if you, if you have a mentee, I know that that has been very helpful for me because a lot of times someone more junior will experience this more often because they just have a better chance of experiencing new challenges. It's, you know, they're closer to experiencing new stuff than I am. Um, and, you know, in the middle of like talking them off the ledge, I'm thinking to myself, my God, this is really good advice. Like maybe I should take it, you know? <laughs> I, I love moments where we can appreciate our own advice work, but, but keeping with talking it out, I, I find that when I catastrophize something, there are generally two ways to get myself back on track. One is to play the, and then what game uh, to prove that things really aren't as bad as I've made them out to be. Uh-huh. Like, like, even if it's true that I do suck at my job, nobody's canceling Christmas. Right. So, so you're saying like, and then what? Like, like if I'm like, you're like, and then I'll find out. No, you're like, and then, and then what? what? Right. Oh, and then you're like, oh, wait, nothing. <laughs> right, right. And, th- and then what? Uh, yeah, I go to work again tomorrow. Like that's the. Yeah. And then what? It takes yeah. three weeks to get paperwork through HR. <laughs> <laughs> you just gave me a parking spot. They're not kidding. Right. And yeah. several performance reviews that haven't happened. Yes. Yet. God, yes. So another is a, is a series of questions that I can ask myself. Uh, or be asked, or ask someone else who needs an assist. And and those three questions are, do I have sufficient knowledge and understanding of my area to work well in the job assigned? The second one is, am I making a positive difference in my work, utilizing what I know, and is the same visible in my contributions? And the third is, is the real reason why I feel like a cheat related to my performance, or is it just my internal insecurities? Mm. So do I have sufficient knowledge to do my, to do my job? Am I making a positive difference? Right. And do, is this all just in my head? Right. Is there, is there a, a rational reason for me to feel this way or is it my insecurities? Mm -hmm. Very logical questions, which I always Mm -hmm. appreciate when I'm spiraling, right? (laughs) Right. Engage, engage that logic brain. Yes. Right. And it probably goes a long way to help yourself realize that the only person putting pressure on yourself at work is it's probably yourself because everyone else around you is already suffering from imposter phenomenon and they're not really worried about you. Right, <laughs> right. Them look like yeah. you have your stuff together. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly right. So I was uh, intrigued that you had a little list of questions because I had a little list of questions too. Um, they're minor, a little more granular, a little okay. more personal, uh, which means uh, maybe a little harder to answer. But here's what I would say. Okay. What are my core beliefs? about myself oh do i believe i am as worthy of love as everyone else wow and will people only accept me if i am perfect wow you've been talking to my therapist (laughs) those are are questions that we talk about all the time and that goes a long way to sort of like center myself the the last one even like if i don't have time to go through Lindy, i'm like are people only going to accept me if i'm perfect and i'm like no. no, right. No, of course not. Job description. I don't yeah. work for NASA. I'm not sending shuttles up into the <laughs> space. Hello. Yeah. Right. I sit at a desk and I push paper. Like there's a room, there's a margin of error here. Yeah. <laughs> right. Chances are nobody is expecting you to be perfect. And and not to be ironic here, but but recent research has shown that that having imposter thoughts actually improves interpersonal performance at work. Mm-hmm. Right helping people, cooperating and encouraging others. Uh, it, it seems like, like when we feel that our competence is lower than others, we're spurred to prove themselves 
on an interpersonal level. So, right. He, Pete's completely right. Yeah. So it turns out that while we're saying that nobody expects perfection out of you, imposter phenomenon actually can make you into more of an ideal employee. Yeah. <laughs> so, Oddly enough. Right. Right. Um, the trick I would have to say is to capture these, those, those positive influences, like the cooperation brought on by people pleasing or the work ethic of a perfectionist without letting the negative aspects take away from your well-being. It's, it's a tightrope you're walking. It absolutely is. And, and, and the thing about imposter phenomenon is that it is bound to show up when we're playing big and doing something that connects to our purpose, mm. right? If the situation didn't mean anything to us, our demons wouldn't bother hanging out there. Mm. So the good news is that when imposter phenomenon is present, it's likely you're doing something important. Then it's about laser focusing on what that is and doing the best you are capable of. I love that. You're doing something that connects to your purpose. What a great way to frame that. Being like, I am clearly doing something that connects to my purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's, I mean, that's all. And that's what we've talked about being the, you know, kind of the, the goal is to chase our purpose. Right. Well, that seems like a great place to wrap up. You know what? I, I believe you're right. <laughs> Melissa and I would love to continue this discussion with you all on social media. Have you ever experienced the feeling of being an imposter? Do you struggle with procrastination or with perfectionism? <laughs> Since 1995. No, I'm just kidding. Yes. Uh, like, do you find that you have a habit of attributing your success to luck or some other external factor other than your own abilities? Have you been able to harness imposter phenomenon and, and, and take advantage of its positive aspects? Mm. Reach out and let us know your thoughts. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at ThinkSickPod and on Facebook and LinkedIn by searching for Think Significantly. And if you enjoyed our conversation, please invite your curious friends to listen. And Pete and I will be back next week to discuss another way they get you. Until then, we encourage everyone to think significantly about the world around you. Na, 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 na.